Welcome back, everyone, to another Uncanny Mystic Minds. So, for today, we're going to continue our story time with uh, Modern Magic. All right. So, um, yeah, last time we had left off, uh, what we had done some uh, some relaxation uh, techniques, and we had talked about like uh, how you want to write things down and the various ways to do that, and all of, you know, s- some things like that. So. Um, we had what we also did like the forward so you know we were just in the early part of the book and we still are so um we're gonna continue on here um so let's go let's let it rip so for the purposes of this book we need to make the definition of magic a bit longer magic is the science and art of causing change in consciousness to occur in conformity with will using means not currently understood by traditional western science We have added the idea that magic is accomplished by some means not known by modern science. A ritual that causes something to occur does not make sense to current Western scientific thought. Therefore, scientists are inclined to think that real magic, since it doesn't fit into their worldview, is nothing more than a supernatural hawker. But magic is not supernatural. Whether our entire universe came about either as the creation of an intelligent being or beings, or merely as a result of chance events, we still must come to the same conclusion. Everything in the universe is natural. Some ancient cultures considered the apparent rise and fall of the sun to be a supernatural event. As time passed, it was discovered that the seeming rise and fall of the sun, in fact, a natural event, what was in fact a natural event caused by the rotation of the earth. Similarly, I am firmly convinced that one day magic will be understood in Western scientific terms. History proves this. Reading, writing, mathematics, astronomy, chemistry, medicine, physics, and more were all at one time deep occult secrets. Today, many of these things are taught to children before they begin school. The occultism of the past becomes the science of the future. Arthur Clarke, the famous science fiction writer and author of a 2001 Space Odyssey, wrote that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I totally concur. In a sense, then, if you decide to do more than read these lessons and actually practice magic, you are a scientist of the future. That is why you should follow what is called the scientific method. This method tries to control all variables in experiments and keeps accurate records of those experiments. This is why your ritual diary is so important. It will show how variables like weather, emotions, etc. affect your experiments or your rituals, right? I cannot overstress the importance of keeping your magical and dream diaries. We now have a definition of magic that is far more specific than either Crowley's or Fortune's. Since the results are the same, by the way, I will be dropping fortunes in consciousness from the definition, but the definition we have so far is still not precise enough for our purposes. We have to add, we have to add to our definition the goal or result of the magic. I divide magic into three categories. 
It is important to note that these categories are used in this course. Other people differ to their definition of the different types of magic. Some use fewer categories, others more. Here are the descriptions of each category. White magic. In Eastern cultures, white magic is known as yoga. When most people speak of yoga, what they really mean is hatha yoga. Hatha, correct pronunciation, the correct, correct pronunciation, can I say that? The correct pronunciation, hatha. Okay. Hatha, that's interesting. Yoga involves the stretching of the body in order to prepare for true yoga. The word yoga comes from the Sanskrit root yug, which means yoke or union. This union of true yoga is where you unite with or yoke yourself to your higher self or with God. White magic, sometimes called mysticism, is the yoga of the West. Its goal has a variety of names, including cosmic consciousness, enlightenment, the knowledge and conversation of your holy guardian angel, realization of self, and more. We will use the expression used by the Golden Dawn, which gives us the following definition of white magic. White magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will, using means not currently understood by traditional Western science for the purpose of obtaining knowledge and conversation of your holy guardian angel. Black magic, this category of magic has an easy definition which needs little or no explanation. Black magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will, using means not currently understood by traditional Western science for the purpose of causing either physical or non-physical harm to yourself or others, and and is done either consciously or unconsciously. I will be discussing black magic only from the standpoint of how to avoid accidentally or purposely becoming a black magic practitioner. Gray magic. Gray magic is a mixture of white and black. Gray magic can become either white or black or remain gray, as we shall see here. Here is a definition. Gray magic is the science of the art of causing change to occur in conformity with will, using means not currently understood by traditional Western science for the purposes of causing either physical or non-physical good to yourself or others, and is done either consciously or unconsciously. Let us say you do a spell to help a friend regain her health. By definition, this is gray magic because you are doing something for the physical good of another person. However, because you did the gray magic to help another, you end up feeling that you are closer to divinity, closer to the knowledge and conversation of your holy guardian angel. Thus, it thus it is also white magic. On the other hand, let us say that you did a ritual to obtain a thousand dollars. Unlike some philosophies, the traditions of magic hold that there is nothing wrong with using magical abilities to advance yourself in this world. Yes, it is perfectly fine to use your magical abilities and knowledge to get ahead in this physical plane, to get money, friends, love, fame. I frequently tell people that in the West, it is difficult to be spiritual when you're wondering where your next meal will come from or how you will support your family. There's nothing wrong with using magic to help you attain to help you attain your goals. In fact, you're encouraged to do so. But 
Let's assume that after doing your ritual to obtain the $1,000, your uncle dies in a car crash and leaves you $1,000 in his will. Yes, you have attained your goal, but you have done it using black magic. You have indirectly, or perhaps we could say directly, killed a person. Some of you may even be thinking, well, so what? I got the money I wanted. Yes, this is true, but there is always a price to pay. As you sow, so shall you reap. If you have caused evil, if you have been a source of spiritual darkness, it is it will surely return to you. In many Wiccan traditions, it is believed that what you do, what wait, what you do will return to you threefold. Those doing black magic always have a price to pay, and sometimes that price is far heavier than expected. I have a friend named Robin who freely admits that she used to be a Satanist and a black magician. She told me she could always tell when a curse or black magic spell she had worked had come to fruition because something unfortunately would happen what happened to her. This is not meant to be a lecture telling you that you should never do black magic. Rather, it is intended to show you what to expect if you try. Just as there is a law of gravity, so too is there an inviolable law, what is called in the East by karma and by Kabbalist Tikkun pronounced tikkun put out good and you will receive good put out evil even unintentionally and evil is what is what you will get such is the law so how can you avoid falling into the pit of black of the black magician first by practicing white magic this is why the first part of this course is only involved in teaching white magic do not ignore this work as this course is is cumulative your development as a powerful great magician and what happens in the future in this course is dependent upon what you are doing now second before doing any great magic you should always do a divination to determine the effect and the outcome of your magic this is a reason why learning the tarot or some other divination system is important on the pages following the next ritual you will discover meanings of the 22 major arcana the cards of the tarot and r is followed by the meaning of the card in it appears to you during a reading in reverse the picture is upside down that that's when it's in reverse the meanings here are based upon the teachings of the occultists and cabalists e weight and s mcgregor mathers for the next few days you should become familiar with your deck and the definitions given here of the major arcana for the time being, ignore any instruction books on the tarot that you may have or which were included with your deck. Later, you can add to the system given here from information learned elsewhere. Using the cards for divination purposes will be explained in the next part of the lesson. In the meantime, continue your diaries and the relaxation ritual. But after that ritual, add the next ritual for daily practice, the tarot uh, contemplation ritual. Hey, so, yeah, in regards to um, this part about, you know, like the whole colored magic, like the black, the white, the gray, um... I mean, like, the white and the gray had some pretty cool valid points, but I guess I wasn't really feeling the, um, how, how they were talking about the black magic, you know, I, I think, uh, a lot of 
like the terminology for this one that I would consider what uh, what they were calling black magic would be like baneful, like baneful uh, magic or baneful acts. I kind of put that more in that category of, of baneful, and because uh, I don't, yeah, because like when I think about black magic, it's it's not necessarily like straight up evil, evil or, or actual uh, malicious all the time. I think um, just how they were describing like the white magic of like you know unifying with God or like uh, mysticism is like when you have like an understanding of getting to know God and 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 to unite with and getting to know God like 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 the connection of your source and of your creator. Um, I think the opposite of that would be getting to know thyself like working on yourself and uh you know doing your best to make the individualized aspects of yourself whole and to improve on on those however you see fit based on your personality and also uh, letting yourself be free in terms of acknowledging like individual thoughts and urges and feelings like that uh, like exploring that kind of stuff and um yeah so i i see it a little bit more as like internal as opposed to like looking out out in the external like looking out to your source i think of i kind of think about it more as like looking inward and uh and then from that introspection making moves based off of that and so like uh in a vacuum it, it, like it could seem selfish in a way because like you're doing it for yourself where it's like all about yourself but uh i'm learning the lessons of uh of filling your own cup before you're able to help out others and so like there's a thing to that too as well so yeah it's i guess it's a balance and so i like i like the part about the gray part too yeah i just kind of had to throw in my little two cents with the black with the black magic part but um but baneful for sure uh especially with baneful acts and uh there there's always prices to pay in a sense of like whatever you put out there like something's gonna have to get sacrificed in a sense like whether it's energy time or a literal thing or people and um but the thing is though it's like there's inner exchange with everything like like in anything that you do like with however the intention and stuff like that so yeah there's always going to be a trade-off for for any kind of energy we're exerting all right so we're going to get back to the part where uh where it kind of left off talking about uh the different tarot things you can get into so i'm going to kind of skip around to this this bulk of it right here so in this way, you can see similarities and correspondences between the various authors and come up with your own meanings. The truth is this, there are no true meanings. For the tarot cards, different tarot readers and authors give different meanings for the cards based on the symbolism of the cards and their own backgrounds and training. Some people simply look at the symbols on each card and come up with a meaning on the spot. Others have systems based off meanings given by tarot interpreters or other authorities. For example, I was giving, I was taught a system for use with the minor arcana cards that is based on a type of numerology. Debunkers, however, consider it all junk, and I just broad psychological, and just broad psychological interpretations. I guess they never had a precise in-depth reading. The curious thing is that I have taught different systems of meanings for the cards and they each result in valid readings. 
How is that possible? Consistency. As long as your system is inner, uh, is inter internally cons- internally consistent with practice, the cards will produce viable readings. The cards pulled with the meanings you have for them result in a meaningful coincidence, what the psychologist Jung called a synchronicity. What this means then is that as long as you work with a system of meanings for the cards that is internally consistent, they will eventually produce meaningful readings. So, there are no ultimate true meanings for the tarot cards, but if your system or systems is internally consistent, they will be true for you. That's dope, man. Like, I think about my my friend, my buddy, uh, medium, Alexandria Chavez. Uh, she's she's uh, doing some things where she's uh, mentoring people with tarot and teaching people. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of them, like, who haven't... Uh, really dealt with the cards before right who are pretty new to it and uh she lets people know that uh she has like pretty much like her own way of interpreting the cards that she didn't even really like to mess with like you know like that little booklet that that comes with the the tarot deck you know which i would look at them at times you know like when i first would get a deck i would kind of browse through it and stuff like that um just to kind of get a a sense of it but uh she she doesn't even really like dealing with all that stuff and then she just kind of got deep into her own interpretations of it and then i think this is what the author here is uh, is letting us know that as long as your system is consistent internally then then uh you'll be able to get really good readings because obviously she's really spot on with her stuff <laughs> um yeah really well so um that's that's really cool that there is no like right way per se or like no ultimate truth like where if you don't follow this common denominator then like you're screwed you know so it i I like how there's a a bit of a leniency and like a flexibility when it comes to this art of divination so um it was kind of getting into some definitions and like kind of historical things on tarot but um i want to save that for another time and kind of skip to this part over here next where it talks about fortune telling and divination so it's important to understand the difference between fortune telling and divination fortune telling says that something must happen Divination, such as with the tarot cards, never says what must happen. It only indicates what will probably happen if you continue on the path you are currently transversing. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel that it's it's definitely uh, that, and also whatever's kind of like lingering thoughts, you know, if you will, or like the the thoughts around your aura or that are permeating strong in your subconscious. I notice that when I uh, like read for myself. I kind of tend to pick up my thoughts like that. So according to this view, you have the freedom to ensure something happens or prevent it from occurring. You have a free will and the choice is always up to you. Fortune telling would say that as an example, you will have an accident on a boat on a specific date. Divination would tell you that a boat trip at that time could cause problems and you are advised to stay away from boats. You can either avoid the boat trip or be extra careful when on the boat. Fortune telling says you have no choice. You will be on a boat at that time and you will have an accident. Divination says you will have free will. You can move to the desert 
or at least you can stay away from boats. In these lessons, we strongly affirm free will, not predestination. Learning the tarot. The only way to learn the tarot is to use it consistently and constantly. Try memorizing the meanings of the cards, one card per day. Also, try giving yourself small readings on a daily basis. However, don't count on the accurateness for at least a month. You are probably not too accurate when you first learn to ride a bicycle or drive a car, but as you practice and became experienced, success in bike riding and driving not only was assured, but it became a part of you and those skills became second nature. Today, you just do them and don't even think consciously about it. Let me assure you, with just a few weeks or months of committed practice, you will be successful with your readings. They will surprise you with their accuracy. Be sure to continue with your daily practice of the tarot contemplation ritual. Doing a reading or ritual does not overcome the need for doing both. This set of lessons is not about doing divinations. It's about learning the basics of practical magic. For this purpose, the major arcana plays the most vital role. You will learn more of its importance later for, for giving general readings to yourself and others. The minor arcana should be brought in, especially for in-depth readings. Unfortunately, there is only so much room in these lessons, and since the minor arcana does not play an intrinsic role in this course's study of magic, a thorough study of them will be left to other authors. Please do not think that the minors are unimportant. Eventually, you will want to learn more of their meanings in dealing with the tarot. However, this book's focus is limited to the major arcana. After studying and practicing the system explained here for at least two months, feel free to study the tarot on your own. I would repeat that there is no ultimate correct meaning for each card. Different authors may give different meanings to the same card. Use their ideas to add to what you have learned here. Some suggested books on the tarot are listed in this lesson's bibliography. Alright, so here's part three. The high magic art is by nature different from certain aspects of other so-called primitive forms of magic, as practiced by those involved in witchcraft, wicca, voodoo, brujeria, etc. The word primitive is not meant to insult followers or those similarly traditions any more than calling somebody such as Grandma Moses a, a primitive artist is insulting. Rather, it infers older styles and simpler ways. Many people know who are involved in Wicca and witchcraft are proud that their tradition is both old and simple. But the very simplicity of these styles of magic has led to numerous books of spells and incantations designed for the masses, which are to a large extent useless. The number of such books directly related to the Kabbalistic ceremonial magical art is small in quantity. One of the big differences is that for many of the primitive techniques all that seems to be necessary is the saying of a brief incantation and the ritual manipulation of a few objects 
burning a candle, making a voodoo symbol, and so forth. Sometimes the spells become mutilated over time so that the meanings of the original words become lost and the spell becomes nothing but sound without any sense. Although this has uh, also happened to some extent with ceremonial magic, the true magician always knows the exact meaning of every word and action of a ritual. This is why so much training, study, and practice goes into the making of, of a ceremonial magician. The actual instructions for doing the next ritual that you will learn, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, will be given in the following lesson. At this point, there are probably some of you reading this who are groaning and thinking, but I learned that ritual years ago. Besides, it's so simple. Well, if you think it's so simple, you have never done it correctly and with full knowledge. It is a basic ritual, but it is not simple. It is short and easy to memorize, but not simple. According to my dictionary, the word basic means something that forms a base, like a basic ingredient, something that is fundamental. I cannot overstress the fundamental nature of this ritual and how its practice will change your life and improve your psychic and magical abilities. When Modern Magic was first published, I had been doing it at least once daily for almost 10 years and had no desire to stop it. It is a basic, short ritual that forms the underpinnings to your training and will enhance your development as a true ceremonial magician. All right, so here's some reasons for performing the LBRP. There are three lessons for doing this ritual. The first and most important, yet most ethereal, is to know yourself. You will learn if you have the strength of will to stick to doing a ritual of this sort on a daily basis. As a result, you will discover more about your nature and who you are than, you ever, than ever before. You will develop a different feeling about yourself and your relationship to others and the world around you. It will affect you in many positive but subtle ways. Second, it will expand your aura. This result is quite surprising. As your aura expands and brightens, you will also find yourself becoming a stronger spiritually and psychologically than you ever have been before. This phenomenon is not imaginary. The expanded aura will enhance the feeling of rapport and others uh, and the rapport others have for you. Rapport is a feeling of bonding between another person and you based on their perception that you are trustworthy, have similar interests, and are a good person and are similar to them. Enhancing your rapport will result in others increasingly liking and respecting you as well as coming to you more often for guidance and comfort. This won't happen overnight, but it will happen. You will realize that this is occurring when people start asking you questions like, is that a new dress? Did you lose some weight? Did you get your hair cut? Even though the dress was old, your hair is the same and you haven't lost an ounce, most people can unconsciously detect the aura and will be able to detect such a change in you but they do not know that it is the aura which has changed. So they have to come up with something that, are, that they're familiar with, something on the physical plane, such as your hair, clothes, or weight. Third, this ritual, the LBRP for short, will remove from your immediate area, that means banish, any unwanted influences. 
This banishing dispels negative and or unwanted physical influences and non-physical ones, including astral and elemental forces. This is one of the greatest defenses against psychic attack ever. The more you practice the LBRP, the more safe, the more at peace you will become. The attitude that you will adopt when you perform this ritual is important. People working with computers have an expressive turn Gigo with with hard G's. It means garbage in, garbage out. If you put garbage in data, the result will be garbage too. Put in accurate data and the result will be accurate. Similarly, you will get out of the ritual exactly what you put into it. Go into this ritual angry and you will come out of it feeling angrier. You should assume an attitude of beauty and joy. Doing the relaxation ritual immediately before the LBRP will aid in you achieving the desired state of consciousness. You should be very positive, sure that when you call on the archangels they will be there, sure that the pentagrams are really there, sure that you are doing the very best you possibly can. However, you should not not lust for the results. Focus on the ritual, not what you expect the result of the ritual to be. If you perform the ritual with complete concentration, you will be successful. If you concentrate on something else, such as what you expect to experience or what you expect as a result of the ritual, you will divide your energies between focusing on the performance of the ritual and focusing on the supposed results. And the ritual will decrease in its effectiveness. When you perform the ritual, you must understand that you are no longer in your house or apartment or building, nor are you merely outdoors. Rather, you are in the temple of the gods. You are also in the presence of divinity. Wherever you are, when you do this ritual, the area becomes a holy place. You should treat it as such. Also remember that at this time, you are a beginner, a student, a magician in training. You are not a high-ranking magus or wizard. Therefore, be modest, especially in the presence of the divine. It's pretty dope, man. Um, so I think we're gonna um, we're gonna cap it off for right there today. Um, on the next episode, we'll get into like the physical items for the LBRP, the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram for this one. And um, we'll get into like the actual semantics and uh, the pra- so, like some of the practical stuff. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm thinking about an episode that uh, my buddy, my podcasting friend, Laura Lavender, from uh, her podcast is called uh, Mysteries Beyond with Laura Lavender. Uh, she covers a whole crap load of, uh, of uh, esoteric and occult stuff. Uh, she came on. Uh, with me to stream god this was some months ago we had a cool little chit chat and but uh i'm thinking about one of her episodes where she talks about the lbrp and uh i think after several weeks of her doing it i forgot how much time but let's just say several couple of weeks that uh after doing that consistently every day one big thing uh besides like her energy she noticed that her energy was like like higher in a sense uh she was also very sensitive to seeing uh to seeing the beyond like to seeing things like that are in the spirit world like this helped her activate that part of her um 
So that was a that was one testament of someone that I've uh, talked to when it came to working this ritual. So I'll be looking forward to trying uh, to do this one um, because uh, I've actually never really gotten into it. Um, I've heard about it before, but um, yeah. But uh, with this book, I'm definitely going to start to actually uh, make this one a thing so I can kind of log my data and log my results and kind of see how I feel over time and see what happens because uh, I am really interested in expanding my aura. I know that there is a lot of goodness that can come from that. And so, yeah, that's one huge goal of mine for sure. So I'll be keeping you guys posted with my LBRP eventually in the future. And uh, and we'll get into the practical stuff of, of this ritual uh, on the next story time. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, don't forget to uh, check out my YouTube, Uncanny Mystic Minds. And uh, if you're on Spotify, you know, I'd really like the like to, to hit the follow button on that one because uh pretty much i like to rock with spotify and youtube for the most part and uh and then i've started to even do cool q a's and like polls and shit so you guys can kind of uh, kind of put in your two cents with there and interact with me and if you got any questions or about anything regarding this kind of stuff or if you want to check out if you want to inquire about getting on the podcast you can email me at uncanny uncanny mystic minds at gmail and um, yeah so we can kind of see see what we can do guys freaking um yeah i'm i'm definitely all about building and uh and you know networking and see where where we can go together you know as a people and and um and then who knows where who knows where where we'll be at the end you know or later on in life you know so that's a cool mystery about life as well and and the good thing is is i'm not really tripping off of like the results just how they were emphasizing here the author was emphasizing not tripping off of like the results so much but um but i do have the thing where i'm where i am working i I am working on myself and then from there i know that cool things always kind of pan out like the universe will reward you for for you know for whatever work you're doing and for taking risks on yourself um yeah the universe does reward uh, a bit of risk taking and, and then a bit of investing in yourself so that that i'm all about so you know what we can keep ourselves posted and you guys can keep in touch and i hope you guys have a good one all right peace Uncanny Mystic Minds Podcast.